This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing. But to myself, that goes without saying. But what dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, It's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see McDonald's.com for full details. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Saturday the 10th of April. It's 7.30 at night. It isn't Saturday at all. It's because it's match day. I've said it's Saturday. It's Monday the 10th of April. It's Easter Monday. Just feels like a Saturday because we've played at three o'clock. But that's enough of me rambling. So Vale have played Oxford today. We've got a point. Hopefully that point's enough to see us safe. And let's make no bones about it. We've just played three games against the bottom five and picked up one point, which is not good enough. But that's something to talk about another time. Today is to focus on today's 90 minutes. So if we say a player's done well, don't think we're saying they've had a great season or anything. We're judging on today's 90 minutes. Because some players have done well today, Johnny, and some that probably we didn't expect to. Yeah, Tim, it was a a good reaction, shall we say. It wasn't perfect, but it was a good reaction. Yeah, I think that's fair. And as we say, we'll get into it a bit more. And we're also joined by Kirst, who's just about holding the baby inside. How are you going, Kirst? Not too bad, thanks, Dan. Uh, feeling a bit better after today because the bank holiday weekend didn't start so well, to say the least. Um, I was a bit sad I didn't hear you on the podcast, although I also thought it might have been a bit better for your blood pressure that you weren't on. Um, and then, yeah, it's got better. We had a great day yesterday. I'm sure we we'll get on to that at some point. And then today, I'm probably feeling bit better than what I've been reading other Vale fans have been feeling. I, I just I feel like we're there now. I think we're pretty much there. Yeah, I'm I think we're pretty much there I'm with you. I don't want quite count my chickens before they've hatched as he chucks an Easter pun in there. Um but I think we are pretty much there and 
you're looking at it now. Accrington, Cambridge are what, eight and nine points behind us respectively. Got play each other still. But it also means they've got when three of the six just to catch us up because they've got six, we've got five. And that's just to catch us. We've got yeah. a better goal difference as well. A couple of teams like that, Cambridge, Accrington, Morecambe, are all within touching distance of staying up still. Mm. But Morecambe have played one more than us. Yes. So, so yeah. like, obviously, they've got, le- they've got less games than anyone to play out of there. Um, and then Cambridge and Aki, but I'm sure they, I'm sure Accrington have got to play Cambridge and Oxford in their running. Run yes, I think they have. Um, I think that's their last two. But their they, their next four are, are worse than ours. If anything, they've got Fleetwood, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Bolton. Yeah. So you look at Cambridge. We're nine points in front of them. I know we've got we've played an extra game than them. But I do feel like that sets us in good stead. And as you said, Bez are just, I'm, I'm not sort of saying, oh, we were, we were brilliant today. But I think more than anything, I just felt like there was a bit of light at the end of the tunnel from what we've seen since, with the exception of a few games, what we've seen since January. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Again, it'll be a Thursday discussion because I know, <coughs> I know on the Accrington review, Johnny, you, Andy and Steve went into some of the issues that may have gone on, that may have caused the downside since January. I've got my own views. We'll talk about it on a Thursday pod. That's not for today. Um, but yes, Kirsch, we will touch briefly on yesterday. That's probably one for Thursday as well. But yeah, we turned up at Crew, Kirsch, and you'd arranged a surprise guest for us. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, Crew 10K. Um, I was sad not to be able to run it because I love me running. Um, but at one week off, my due date. I didn't think it was the best of ideas. I don't think I'd have got around. So, um, yeah, running club, um, South Cheshire Harriers. Uh, so I saw all of them, all the people I usually run with. But the highlight was definitely seeing everyone from Ailen Vale, all the Vale fans there. It was good to see you, Johnny, and Bez, and, and Tom made his way round, and then a load of other Vale fans too who were there. Um so with some of the stuff I do on the, the Rudgy statue, Dave Thorley had mentioned to Rudgy um, about how much money had been raised from the pod because I'd been kind of keeping the group updated. And yeah, Rudgy turned around. He was that chuffed and said he, he wanted to come and thank people if he could. So um spoke to his, his daughter in the week and we kind of arranged a few different things and then yeah they turned up and it was brilliant Rudy was there chatting to everyone before talking about his time at the Vale and thanking everyone he's such such a like a great guy I know yeah. we all everyone always says this but not just as he given us like the the best days of Port Vale really in the 90s but on top of that he's just such a nice genuine guy and he was really, really humbled by everyone's response from the, you know, the podcast to this. And it was it was just that nice, wasn't it? Yeah. And it says everything about the man to turn up himself to thank us because we didn't expect that. You know, we we did it because he's a legend of the club and we want not raise funds for him. I know Johnny was before your time, but my early days at Vale were the rushy days and he, if anyone deserves a statue at Vale, it's that man there. And to turn up and thank us all, as you say, Kirst, he had time for everyone. And Johnny, he had his pictures with everyone, chatted to everyone, 
told a few stories and also says you'll have to read the book for them stories for some. Well, that, I was going to say, I was speaking to his daughter and the first thing she said is, please tell me he hasn't told any bloody stories that are going in the book because that's what <laughs> they're told not to do. But like, like you say, he's just he had time for every, like everyone. He made sure he went round to everyone. They had a veil top on. He like he was taking pictures and not just taking pictures. He actually um, took a picture of one of the running clubs. Yeah, as well. stone that was. Yeah, like st- they, they, were, they weren't bothered about having a picture with him. They were just like, John, can you just take this picture for us? And like <laughs> he's just on. Like I didn't expect to thank you from it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're doing it for him and and whatnot, but I didn't expect to thank you from it. The supporters club, David, obviously sent his thanks on for Alpi and stuff like that, and that that's that that would have been more than enough for me. But for, originally to miss Dave's email, um, and I have, I've replied to him because it went into my junk folder, and I don't know why because I've emailed him quite regularly over the events and stuff like that. But to say that he wanted a number to actually just thank us, that was that was more than more than you can expect to get yes. a phone call from the man would have been amazing. But to actually then him go, well, buggy, you've not responded to me email. I'm going to just turn up. It was that, that was, it was madness. And yeah. it was, it was great. Like to see people that didn't know he was going to be there and stuff like that to see him, him, him rock up. And like, I know Soph said that it was, it was one, it was like a lovely surprise and it kind of spurred people on to, yeah. as well because you know what it's like it's he's just yeah it, it was just really good and it was nice to see so many Vale fans there chatting and like not really like I think it helped Rudgy being there because I think if he wasn't there we all would have just been talking about how, how shit it was on Friday yeah whereas Rudgy being there everyone was talking about him and the times and, and stuff like that and it kind of took away that bit of crap that we saw Friday. Yeah, and like I say, what a man. Absolutely brilliant. And massive thank you to John himself for turning up. Massive thank you, Coos, for sorting it. Massive thank you to everyone that came along and ran. And an even bigger thank you to everyone that sponsored us because we've now closed the page. 1,600 quid. Wow. Unbelievable. We Mm. were aiming for 500. Now I said to Johnny off air, I'll be honest, I won't get to a grand. And we've got to 1,600 quid. So thank you, everyone. Unbelievable. And maybe we've paid for Partridge's flat cap now. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want to see the ale and the veil written on the beak of the flat cap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And again, thank you for all the support on the day for those that came and supported. And we have got a man down, unfortunately. Yeah, someone didn't make it to the, <clears throat> to the game today, did he? Like, no. we, we, we used to him like... Turning the pod down because he because he had one too many ales, but it's a new one new one hearing that Tom didn't make it out of bed today because his knees were hurting. And I know to to be honest to him, he has he has he has trouble with his knees. He had to retire from um, his um, semi professional career at Newcastle Town at the age of about thirteen fourteen due to a knee injury. But um, yeah, it's like that that's that's the, that's what he's done. He couldn't walk after the race, Cody, and that wasn't his knees, that was just down to pain. But yeah, Yeah. he's 
apparently stiff all over, his knees have swollen up, he couldn't get out of bed and he hasn't made it to the Vale today. However, his preparation for the race was a fag in the morning, so <laughs> maybe next time we do some at Tom, a little bit more prep will help. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, but... He, he also did say he was um, he, he was handing over his running running trainers to me used once so apparently it's down to me now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, cracking day at the crew 10k and Coast. I'll be back next year, even if it's just to run as myself. Mm, I might be there next year. I did think, oh, this time next year I reckon could get round here. But credit to Tom. I mean, I don't know about any of the others. I sort of got the impression everybody else. Had, had trained in some way or were runners anyway um and so you know 10k it isn't it isn't something you could just turn up to and do I remember when I first started with a 5k couch to five that was over about two months and then after that you're sort of thinking 10k is twice that distance and Tom just had his bottomless brunch on Saturday Fag on Sunday morning and then just rocked up and did it in like a really good time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, credit to him and and everyone else. Um, the other, it was, it was nice to meet chat chat to a few other people. Um, I think it was Dom who who is obviously a listener was yeah. in um a top which I think would would have well yeah it would have been Rudgy Days the yeah the, the yellow top. Then. Yeah, yellow tonsil assurance, and it's yes. that Mizuno one where down the side of your shoulders, it's almost like a series of veil badges sewn on in like a, a strip. Don't know if anyone can kind of picture that, but that's the that's the sort of top that takes you back to those those nineties days. So yeah, he went round in that, and then there was a load of others in the the the, the current blue tops. So yes. yeah, just cheering people on at the side. It was it was brilliant just seeing all, you know, load load of different Vale fans at different stages. It was great. Yeah, it was cracking. And thanks to Matt for getting me round in my PB for the last seven years. Not my PB ever, but for a fat lad, I got round in fifty two and a half minutes. So quite chuffed for that with the fat lad. And Johnny George enjoyed his Easter egg after. He did. He enjoyed his Easter egg. I've got to say, like, I've got to give a shout out to Ben Grocott as well because he did the ten k and then he went and played five side football after the lunatic. Yeah, naughty. Right, uh, you runners are nuts. And and aside from the Vale fans and stuff that they did it, you know what? Found found a couple of things really lovely watching watching the guys run. There was there was one bloke that had finished, and then. We were just talking and stuff like that, and the next minute he's, he's running down with a with a woman down, assuming it's partner or something like that, but spurring her on for the for the last bit of the finish. And there was quite a few people that you then mm. noticed going back up to the top to the roundabout to run down that final bit with people, and it's like shows the sort of community that you you lot have built there in terms of your different running clubs. Um, because you won't get me doing that if if I've run it once, I'm not going back up there run down with someone else. I'm yeah. lying on the floor having a heart attack somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him. He was in a blue veil top, wasn't he? I'm not sure if I, th- I think he was the first veil fan back. He finished in a really good time. He did. Tyson should have been the first veil fan back. Adam Tyson. He got 38 minutes, something like that. Yeah, some round that, wasn't it? But I think yeah. it was the it was the older guy. In the, should have been the Ian. Ian Sloss, who's from my running club, Stoke Fit. Yeah. 
Ian, and to be fair, Pete Gibbs also from Stoke Fit and Lou Gibbs, that's our running club's ethos, is that basically if you finish a race, you don't leave until the last person from the running club is home. And I've done it before with Potter's Off, where there's been like 30 of us coming over the finish line with the last person. Yeah. And that is what Stoke Fit is all about as a running club. Mm. And, you know, I'm not, if anyone wants to join a running club, we run from Badly Green. And that's what all the club runs are like. There's no, this is a four mile run and off you go. It's a, right, you've got a leader. And from Badly Green Working Men's Club, your first muster point up might be Norton Lights. And you'll jog up to Norton Lights. And if you're there before the last person, you'll turn around and run back to the group. So you'll all stick together. Now, maybe a four mile run, if you're one of the quicker runners, you might end up doing six miles, which some like. But it keeps everyone together and it keeps that spirit. So, yeah, that's what our running club is all about. And that's what we do. Yeah, I don't feel about because I'm fat. Well, I was going to say, you don't, but that's, that's, uh, I think it's really good. I think, like, like you say, just. See, seeing people do that, it's like I, I, I haven't got, got it in me to do one. So, and I have to be honest, we do the similar, similar to that. Bears it at the highest, but yeah, because I know how it works, I always make sure I'm not at the front because I don't want to keep looping, and that's not meant <laughs> in a negative way. But if I know I'm doing six miles, I know I can't do more than that, so I steady down. People loop back to me. Yeah. No, I, I get that. To be fair, I like, and I do need to get myself back to running club more often. I've been running on my own, and now I need to step it up. But yes, that's enough about the race. Thank you again. Lastly, everyone, Curse, we'll get the money over to you once it's all in, and GoFundMe does take a fee, so we'll be rounding that up from the sponsorship fund back to the sixteen hundred. So sixteen hundred quid goes over to the Rudgy statue. Um, right, let's move on to today then. So Vale played Oxford at home. Oxford. In the last 12 games, have picked up four points, four draws. Haven't won a game in 12. So it was set up for Oxford to turn up to Vale Park and smack us all over Vale Park on Easter Monday. Luckily, we got away. Not luckily got away with the points, as in we were lucky to. I think we deserve more, but we didn't lose, and that's the main thing. Finished Vale nil, Oxford nil. Only thing to note, Danny's politics sent off in the 92nd minute, which we'll come on to as we go through. Stats of the game. Wow, that's surprising. This is the first time I've looked at him. Possession, Johnny, give me a guess. 60% or was... Kirst. Kirst's gone. She's on mute. She's had enough of us. Yeah. Sorry, sorry I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is worth me saying I did watch it on iFollow for the sake of being... So close to the end of every pregnancy. Yes. I did, I did see the half-time stat, which I was oh. dead surprised about. But I think things change in the second half, so I'm going to say 55% Vale. Possession ended up being 43% Vale, 57% Oxford. 57 Oxford? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought mm. that. That took me by surprise, in all fairness. Total shots, though, 11 for the Vale, 10 for Oxford. On target, 5 for the Vale, 4 for Oxford. Um, clear-cut chances, none-none. I thought that one that Stoney made a good save from was fairly clear-cut, but there we go. Corners, 13 for the Vale, 7 for Oxford. Yeah, we, we had clear-cut chances as well. Mm. We had loads. Their, I thought their keeper was man of the match. To be honest, you can see why Jack Stevens is nowhere near, can't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, their keep their keeper for me was one of the match as well. I yeah. thought like, he was he was brilliant, but was. I also thought the the, the the thing that made it as well is like he didn't make they weren't routine socks. And I think that's the other thing. Like, do you know like not 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 this is gonna sound really harsh on Stone, but I think all the ones that Stone made today were pretty routine, other than the one where he could come off his line and did really well. Everything else was routine, whereas the 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 four saves that their keeper made, they were ridiculous. Like he shouldn't he shouldn't have saved all four of them. No. No, we shouldn't. But oh. yeah, overall it was a point gained, as we said. It does give us that bit of a gap to the bottom. One more win will really see us safe. I think we might be alright if we lost the last five, but I don't want to risk that, obviously. Yeah. I think one more win season. So we're up to 46 now. You've got Cambridge on 37 points with six games left to play. You've got Accrington on 38 points with six games left to play. You've then got Oxford on 40 points with six games left to play. MK Dons are four points behind us with five games left to play. And I know you look at it and go, well, of course they could win four of the last six. Accrington have won nine and 40. Cambridge have won 10 and 40. Yeah. Okay. They smacked us all over the bank holiday and then at Vale Park last home game, but that's the reality of it. We should have enough now, and then we need a big reset in the summer. But again, we'll come on to that Thursday or whenever. Let's concentrate on today and let's go into it. Johnny, you text me before kickoff when the team was announced at two o'clock. Yeah. And you, you said Massey with five laughing faces, and I think that summed Massey up for me. Um, Ludicrous starting him in a 3-4-3 when we have a winger or two on the bench. Willow on the wing, that's madness. Everything else much of a muchness, isn't it? Where does Tommy Mack have plants made it? And Salisbury tweeted, didn't he, Johnny, to say Tommy Mack and Planty are both back at the bay on them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm just, I'm not, I wasn't asking for Tommy Mack to start there. That that sounds like I was asking for that there. But I think we didn't have a centre mid on the bench. So why wouldn't you put your centre mid on? Mm. Um, and yeah, it, I just to clear a few bits up. Like Massey, after the show at Accrington, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back with me. Um, Politic hadn't done himself any favours today, um, and he would have been the one that I would have started. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, one one of them really to start in eleven. We kind of haven't got a lot of choice at the minute, but. The choices that we have had, at least today, I'd say t- 10 of the 11 have shown that they're up for the fight. Yeah. <coughs> and Kirsch, you also messaged me at two o'clock when the team come out. And you said, I know this is Johnny's thing, message before the game, my initial thoughts, uh, how we look weak on the left, Donnelly, then Conlon mid, but wait, I've read that wrong. My initial thoughts are how we look weak on the left, Donnelly. Then Conlon mid, but more than side that side and Benning, who were both out of form. At the moment, please see Plenty on the bench. Hope we get to see him. And we did. Yeah, we did. Um, I think there's a few talking points there. I'm sure we'll get on to it. I've seen some kind of mixed reactions to, to Plenty coming on. And I, I do feel quite strongly about some of that, really. But to the first point... I think that the only thing I did think about the starting eleven was I was just a bit worried about how we looked on the left-hand side. 
what you do about the this at this stage I don't really know but as things worked out I actually you know reflect now and think well Donnelly won man of the match I'm not saying he was my man of the match but I didn't fall off my seat when that was announced um Conlon I'm sure we'll get on to um, and Benning for someone who has been out of form certainly you know since sort of January time I know he's been in and out of the side but even when he's come in, he's not looked himself. I felt like he was in a bit of a, a different place today. So generally, you know, it is. I'm sort of glad I sent that to you because it is a nice talking point. It makes me feel a bit more positive at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this yeah. is one of the reasons we did it as well like this, isn't it? Because it's it's easy to reflect, but it's it's nice to actually think well what's the initial thoughts and stuff and and I do agree I think with, with the Benning thing he he could have easily have have not been asked today because it's kind of I I I feel it's clear that he's not getting a new deal with us with how he's been pulled in and out so much recently but I was I was really pleased to see with with his performance some stuff wasn't brilliant his his then product wasn't great today but you know not many of our players he's has been recently has it so it's just one of one of many things but attitude and effort was was 100 percent spot on agree with that agree with that and we'll talk about benning when we get to it because yeah you know i actually i'll put it out here now he got my man of the match mal benning he was second in mine yeah he got mine and Maybe I've got rose-tinted glasses on because of everything he's been through. And I was like, you know what? Putting a performance like that when you've been shunned by your manager. And that's not a knock at Clark for anyone that thinks it is. But he has been shunned by the manager. He's been used as the scapegoat. He's had players playing in front of him like Massey and Robinson, who half the time looked like they couldn't give a shit. Whereas you can never say that about Ben. You can say he's had bad games. Yes. And he's had stinkers. You can never say he doesn't look as though he cares. I can level that at Massey and Robinson personally. That might be harsh. That's my view. So to come in and put a performance in like that when we needed it, because if we'd have lost that game today, that place would have been toxic. I'd have been a meltdown. And I think we'd have all been a meltdown. So yeah. to put in a performance like that, I thought he was excellent. Something I wanted to say as well, like massive credit to the Vale fans today, because yes. before kickoff, it wasn't, it wasn't toxic, with the exception of the booing of Massey and um, Sammy when the names were read out. And I can understand both. Don't I don't agree with it because it's before a game and whatnot. But it, it, I can understand it. The, the Sammy situation less so than the Massey one. Massey laughing at the them people kicking off and stuff at Accrington just always going to put you on a back foot. The Sammy thing. I, I'm still, I'm still of the opinion that if you're gi- if you're giving both barrels to someone and he responds, you can't really take the moral high ground and start moaning that he's actually responded to you, because we all know that it wasn't that was shit. It's your shit, your wank, get out of my club sort of thing. The abuse at Sammy it wasn't just that was shit, Sammy. What you're playing at? Because if it was that, then him him retorting back isn't on, but. He's a young lad. He's gonna learn. He's gonna learn from that. Is it gonna learn at our club? Who knows? Truthfully, my view is I hope not, and that's not because of him doing that. And I know you'd say 
we shouldn't be out of the club for doing that. I agree. I just don't think he's good enough. That's my view of Sammy Robinson. Don't think he's good enough. If we want to push on and be a comfortable mid-table top-half team, Sammy Robinson is not a player who will get us there in my eyes. I suppose it depends what you mean by not good enough. I think he's a luxury player. He's one you can have when he's got a lot of good players around him and you can just give him the ball and let him do what he wants. When he wants someone roll up the sleeves, dig in. I just don't see that from him. It's funny because there was a time where I remember one, it was pro, well, it was definitely before January. I remember Johnny is a real fan of Robinson or was at that point. And I couldn't disagree when he said he was one of the few players at that point, although we were playing well, who kind of get you off your seat. And I still think there's that in him. It's just we've, we've not been seeing it. And going back to that incident on, on Friday, the stuff with Sammy Robinson. It doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have liked it if I was there. But I think what it shows is someone that really cares, responding like that. I don't like Massey laughing. I think I feel a bit different about that. Um, but then going back to the whole man of the match thing, there's been so many games this season or since January. I've been listening to the pod, interested in who you will have chosen as man of the match because I've been unsure I'm thinking, I can't really think of anyone. And interesting, you've both just named a player. I've got three players that I think could compete for man of the match. And although I think Benny played well, he's not one of them. So I do feel like we've seen we have seen some, you know, is this going to be the game that's just kind of changed things a little bit? I'm not saying we're going to go on and like get into the second half of the table, or even if that's possible now. But I do wonder if this is just a little bit of a turning point. And more than anything, I hope we can just end on a bit of a better picture than what we've had the last three months. And it, this this could be that turning point. Let's hope so, because we won't go into next season with a little bit of momentum. Because at the moment, we're going into next season completely flat, which is why we need a complete reset. And again... The next five games will dictate that, won't they? If we go and pick up 15 points, which is highly unlikely when you look at the games we've got, but then you've got a bit of bounce going into the season. Or, Johnny, when you're going to bring in a clean sweep of players, which I think we are, is that your reset and does it not matter how you finish the season? I I personally don't think it matters how you finish the season. I think the, the whole finishing season strong thing for me also is a bit much of a muchness because I, 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 don't, I don't ever see going into the next season. I, I could be wrong, but you see how many times you see a, a team finish strongly but don't push on the next season and then vice versa. There isn't, there's no God-given right, is there? Do you know what I mean? There like, isn't. For me, it depends. You look at us last season, we got promoted and most of them players stayed at the club. And we carried that momentum into this season. I think that's fair to say. You can definitely say that when you look at how the second half of the season's gone. I think if you're making wholesale changes, it probably doesn't matter. I think there's a bit of a different take to it as well. I get what you're saying about the players, but I think it's also a bit about the whole ethos and feeling of around the club. On Friday, it, it was a bit toxic. I think whether you were there or if you weren't there, what you sort of saw on social media after, there was a few different people at the club getting quite a lot of 
abuse. There was a lot of dissecting what had been going on, not just from there, but from the January transfer window, Carol's statement the week before. And I did kind of think, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, I'm not defending any of this. I've got my own sort of thoughts around a lot of it. But I did think if we'd have started slowly this season and then built up to what we had from between January and March of what we had at the start of the season and how well we were doing then, I just think it would have been a very different picture. I don't think at the start of the season everyone would have been on the backs of um, Carol, (laughs) Flitcroft, the players, Daryl Clark and how they were on Friday if we'd have started the season that way. I think it was the decline that we saw. And I sort of think if we can turn that, even the impact on season tickets, the impact on the closed season, how people go into the next season, I think there's a different feeling around it. And I guess that that will have an impact on the players as well. When You know, when we're signing players and the start of the next season, more so than the momentum from one season to the next. Yeah. Good conversations, Av. Let's go back to today's game. Johnny, carry on with your rating for Clark, the coaching staff, and your overall assessment of that today. Um, seven for Clark today. I think you look at what we did Friday, and it was polar opposite. We've started the best 11 players, in my opinion, but we had available um because we hadn't we hadn't got that additional centre midfielder to to probably play the way we want to and you look at Massey politic hasn't set the world on fire this season Holden's had very few opportunities plants a kid that you can't be throwing in to start at that point so it was you, you don't really have much choice, and Butler's not done himself any favours. So we started the best eleven available at that moment. Um and yeah, the the changes, I think the changes were were needed. Um Willow had done well, but needed I think needed come off at that point. I've seen people asking why not Proctor, and it's because we weren't changing shape, so we couldn't. And yeah, it was an overall decent from Clarky and the and the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. Anything to add to that, Kirst? The only question I was going to ask Johnny, but he's just sort of answered it, was whether he thought. I've seen some people saying Planty perhaps shouldn't have come on in a game like that, and it should have been Proctor instead. But he's just kind of answered that. Um, I thought the changes were needed. It was at a time where we'd really built up momentum, but I felt as though we were. We we just needed that extra spark. We just needed that goal for drop. So I could see why those changes were made. And I actually thought, although politic hasn't set the world on fire this season, I did think him coming off the bench, I think he looks more lively. I think he looks better with with that, you know, sort of that time to go. So yeah, strong, probably our strongest side of what was available. And I think that was exactly what was needed against a, an Oxford side to try and go and get those three points. Yeah, and as bad as Oxford are, and they haven't won a game in at least 12, I don't know how long, 
since the new manager's come in, they haven't been defeated either. That's four draws in a row, including a point against Chef Wednesday, where they were unlucky not got all three. So as bad as they are, it wasn't a routine, let's just turn up and take the three points. And the form we're in, no games are routine, let's turn up and get the three points. So a job needed to be done. And I think it was back to basics once it was a case of stop them scoring, see if you can get one yourselves. And we stopped them scoring. And on another day, probably would have got one ourselves. We hit the bar, some good saves from the keeper. And as you say, not a lot different. Clarkie could have done personally. And I don't want to hang. No, I will. I'll hang him out dry. Gavin Massey, absolute dog shit. And we'll get to him. He should have come off after about 10 minutes when he was pretty obvious he couldn't be arsed. But the rest of them, I thought, put a shift in. Um, I'll do ref watch here. Absolute dog shit. Um, up there with one of the worst refs I've ever seen. I think the first thing he gave us was in the 60, uh, the 47th, 48th minute just before half time. And I think the only reason he gave that is make sure that that arm was working for the second half so we could point that way second half. Because first half, he was just pointing one way. Gave us one right in half time, make sure he could point the other way and then gave everything the other way second half. Um, Conlon. On, on that note, Bez, when Harrison bumbled their lad over on the edge of the area and the ref didn't give a free kick for it. Like, that's the what what really confused me because he'd give every little, like, nudge at that point. Even yeah. the one where Harrison went running one on, like, running through, got pulled back. And he gave them and a then, free kick. Yeah, but the one on the edge of the area, Harrison pushes the lad over mm. and he just doesn't give anything. And it's like, as you're a referee, right? How, how can you be so inconsistent with what you're doing? I don't know. That's the end. I don't know. And that's the frustrating part. Tom Conlon got head-butted today. Did he make a meal of it? Probably, because there's no blood like there was with their lad. But he's been head-butted in that box, and I was looking at it at the time. And the ref's done nothing about it, Bob. It wasn't one of their players for something else. And it was similar to the Ojo sending off on Friday. Um, in play man. Obviously, he's not in play man anymore, but Matt, he sits down that end of the paddock and he tells me that when Politic went up for that header, the ref obviously blew and gave the free kick and he got the yellow card out and he was going to boot Politic. Their goalie has walked over to the referee, said to him, go have a look at the player's nose. He's gone over, seen the blood and then changed the yellow to red. Yeah, but that's, so what, we... happened with, that's what happened with Eduardo that time, wanted to Arsenal, well, Arsenal yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, but he's listened to their goalie. He's not yeah. gone off what he's seen. He's... And as you say, the one where Addison gets pulled down and he gives them a free kick was an absolute joke. The one where their lad's gone through the back of Willow, through the back of his heel, and then he gives them a free kick for it. And that was in the first half in front of the dugouts. Yeah. Absolute joke. Oh, that's when Clark went mad, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm not surprised. And to be honest, we should have had a penalty. That one where politics ran in the box. He's been brought down. The ball's dropped to Conlon. Conlon shot in there. Goalie's pushed it wide for a corner. Nate sent me the replay of it, and at the time I thought that's a penalty. That is, seeing yeah, back his penalty. Yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate asked me to ask you obviously about that whether the shot from Conlon's enough and enough of an advantage. Not for me, no. If he's one on one with the goalie and misses, yeah, you can say that's enough of an advantage. For me, no. The ref can certainly get away with the ball's rolled to him. He's hit it. Keeps was right. Blow penalty because. Would you prefer, as an advantage, a penalty or a shot from 25 yards out? Yeah, I think that, that's it. It's, it's not like the Accrington one, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not where it's two yards out tapping. And if Conlon goes into the top corner, 
then yes, by all means, you say advantage goal. Yeah. But it, it happened that quick. He's not going to lose any credibility. And that's what it's all about as a referee, credibility. He's going to yeah. lose no credibility by blowing and giving the penalty. Because that's with, your thinking time. Yeah, which was my original thought was, with it's fallen to Conlon quite quickly. So if he blew, no one's going to go, oh, that's rough. Exactly. So, no, we, that was a penalty. Smithy maybe could have given a penalty away right at the end where he's ripping the shirt off the Oxford player's back. Yeah. And also, the one where Conlon, I think, scooped his either on the bar or over, their lads got both arms around him and dragged him down to the ground. Yeah. He hadn't given any of them, though, has he? That's the thing. He, but Addison jumps for an edit and he's giving free kicks against Addison. Addison oh, yeah. got elbowed in the head on the halfway line. He didn't even stop play for an head injury. Their lad goes down holding his leg and he stops play. Yeah. Where in the laws of the game is it now that you stop play if someone's got a bad leg? Because <laughs> I don't, I haven't seen that. But you don't no. stop for an head injury. It, it, it was it was a strange refereeing performance, but... It was shite. Like I say, I thought he could only point one way until right in half time he pointed in our favour. And I thought, shit, he can point that way. That's where he's going second half now. <laughs> so that's, that's enough on the ref, fucking diabolical. <laughs> Um, right, let's get on to the players. Johnny, let's start. Contender for man of the match for me. Didn't get it, but a contender in goal. Aidan Stone, my lord. Yeah, you know what? It's what you want from keeper, isn't it? Had nothing to do from for 60-odd minutes. The one thing he had to do, he come, comes out, spreads himself. Brilliant tackle. Slash save. Um, caught everything else. The one where he was speared as he punches it. Such a good punch because it, he's got everything on it. He's got it hurt in, in it as well. But it, the main thing is you want your keeper coming command his area, and that's commanding your area, and you don't worry about being taken out. Exactly. And yeah, I just think like didn't have a lot to do as a keeper. The majority of the other saves were straight at him, but it was cool. He was calm. He caught everything he needed. Catch punch when he when he did. If I'm being picky, there was one that spun off their lad's foot and bounced in like a six-yard box and went out for a corner that maybe he could have come and got. But, I mean, ultra-critical there, really. But, yeah, really happy with Stoney's performance. Very solid set, six out of ten. Um, wasn't one of my contenders because there was two players that I thought were really good today. Ooh, I think uh, you're being arsed with only a six, I'll be honest. No, I didn't think so. I don't think he, I didn't think he's done anything spectacular. What, I think what, what, his kicking what? was really good, apart from the one. Yeah, he's pulled off that one-on-one save, which to me isn't just a routine save, and you've already called that out. Yeah, their free kick. I know he's just caught it, but actually, that's a really good positioning from your goalie to know where he's going and be in the right position to just catch it because it was a well-struck free kick. Yeah, but it was, it was never a free kick to begin with, by the way. But yeah, it was but a well-struck free kick. It was, but if, you, if that goes in, you're going mentally keeper. Yeah, but good positions, you just stand there and catch it. And mm. there was one where they had an effort from a tight angle where they were running at Forrest and again, right position, just caught it. But it's good goalkeeping to be in that position to do that. You know, we've seen a goalie on Friday chuck a cross in the net. Yeah, we have. And maybe that's why you're thinking it's good goalkeeping. But I think I think it's basics. I, I, don't, I don't think he's done anything that's not... One one oh one goalkeeping in that sort of. Match. I think the one on one. If you and I haven't seen it back, but if you see it back, I think that's better than you're giving it credit for. And I give Stoney a seven. I think he'll do his confidence no harm today in hearing the fans singing his name. 
Oh, no, definitely, especially because a lot of the crap he's had on social media, which, again, is, is, is a different story. Yeah. Ghost? Yeah, I didn't think Stoney did enough for be a contender for Man of the Match, and I don't mean he didn't do enough. I mean, I think he didn't have enough for do. Um, certainly the first sort of 60 or so minutes. Um, but what he did do, he did well. He reminds me a little bit in some some ways of what happened last season where he was out of the team, but then with sort of, what, seven or eight games, however many for go, because of other poor goalkeeping, he was brought back in and then he really stood up. And I feel like you want to be able to trust your keeper in that way. Um, I think he's doing the same again now, really. He, he, the last however many games we've got left, he's definitely the keeper that I want to see starting every game. Um, the only thing I think that did get past him, they there was a bit of a scuffling. Um, it was near the end of the game, a bit of a scuffling in the box. I think a shot got past him and it was Forrester that somehow managed to chip it over the bar. Um, so I'm not not sort of breaking him down for that or anything, but I think that was the only time anyone did get past him. But obviously Forrester saved us at that point. But yeah, decent overall performance from Stone. Yeah, yeah, Trevor. And to be fair, I think the punch out was better than we've seen from our goalies over this season. I think, he, as you say, he was brave. He come out, got it. It was a good solid punch to get it away and got the free kick. Whereas. I think an unconfident Aiden Stone and the Aiden Stone from the start of the season had stayed on his line for that one. Yeah, quite possibly. So, yeah, I'm giving him all the credit. Well done, Stoney. Um, right centre-back then, Kirst, you first. Mr Will Forrester. Forrester was one for a contender for man of the match for me. Um, I think we've said at all the points in this this season, we, he's had up and down games and sometimes he does things a bit almost immature in a way, but you can understand that because of his his experience and, and his age and stuff. I thought today he was definitely the best of the of the back three. Um I think that one I've just mentioned, I don't know how we managed to sort of clear that from where he was and it went over the bar. The angle he was at, um, I mean, that kind of, well, kept a, a point with it being so so near to the end of the game. Um, but, yeah, there was a couple, he looked, he looked composed, he looked confident, and there was a couple where um, he kind of really kept us in things. There was um, one sort of the halfway line, um, start of the first half, um, where he's sort of chasing down and he managed to clear, clear that ball there, which led to us going on the counter. Um, I thought he was really solid. I thought he was brilliant today. Really good performance. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, I thought that the, the goal line clearance was, was really good from him. The little drop of the shoulder from the short goal kick was was classic Will Forrest from what we've seen. Um, but yeah, it was... Good solid performance from the back three today. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. And yeah, um, solid six. I don't think it was anything magnificent, um, but it was nice to see that we were solid today. Yeah, because we haven't been. The one that neither of you have picked up on that I wanted to mention with Will Forrester is at one point in the second half, they were breaking 
and they got two on one or two on two maybe. And they're coming down in front of the paddock and Forrester goes across, slides in, takes the ball, gets it out for the owner. If he missed times that, he's either off or they're away in the through on goal. And I thought it was an absolutely outstanding tackle from him. And Donnelly did one as well when we get to Donnelly, but Forrester was the first one. Don't know if you can both remember that. I can't, if I'm honest with you. Not going to lie. Enough. Fair enough. He did one where they were breaking and if they skipped past him, the one-on-one with Stoney, basically. And there's two of them. And he come across, took the lot. Fantastic tackle. Because I remember oh, I standing up and applauding him. I do remember it now, you say. Because the, the ball landed at Smithy's feet, I think, when, when he put the tackle in. Caught so, and went, and I just know I got up and I was screaming, well done, Will. Hmm. So, yeah, that yeah. one. Moving on then, Johnny, middle of the three was smudgy. Yeah, much of a muchness, really. Um, Tickle Smithy performance. A lot more dominant in the air than he's been. Maybe that's because of who he's, who he's playing against, but you've got to win your battles, and I think he did that. Solid, solid Nathan Smith performance. Nothing spectacular shouts out. Like you, you mentioned on Ref Watch, probably could have given a penalty away at the end. Um, that, that he needs to be careful of that. The, the cute stuff is fine, but trying to pull his shirt off his back, you, you, you're going to get caught out more times than you're not there, really, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right from Smithy. Like, really happy um, with, with, with that sort of performance, especially from a back three that was probably struggling in confidence over the last few months. So, um, solid six and we, we, we've got something to build on now. Yep. Kirst? Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, something that stood out for me was the first sort of 10, 5, 10 minutes when they put in a decent corner and he, he sorry, they put in a decent cross and he headed it out for a corner um, and he felt like they could have made more of that. I did think at times Adonka was getting the better of him. And one example was when he got booked. Um, I think he'd got sort of goal side of Smithy and Smithy did absolutely pull him down. Um, But I sort of felt like at the time where it was so close to half time, was that the worst thing in the world? Possibly, possibly not. Um, But generally, overall, a, a decent performance. When we've really worried about what the future of our defence would be like from previous games. I just f- felt like all of them were, m- were much more solid than they have been recently. And, and obviously Smith is central to all of that. Yeah, yeah. With you both, a good six out of ten, solid performance. And I thought he did well in the second half to play on the yellow card because there was a couple of times where you kind of saw him thinking about pulling the lad down and going, I can't have been booted. So I thought he did well to play on the yellow card and yeah. Solid Smith performance, six out of ten. Um, left of the back three, Kirst, Aaron Donnelly. Yeah, well, he was an interesting one. Obviously, he won official man of the match. Um, and I did, I kind of wondered whether it was a it was a bit of a game of two halves for him. I think at half time, I was thinking, you know, he'd not done anything particularly wrong. I thought he'd got stuck in, his attitude was good. But it was just something around his distribution when he was on the ball. It was like sometimes you think it looked as though he had a lot of time and he was just whacking it up anywhere to anyone. And then sometimes that would put us back under pressure again. So it was a bit, you know, I kind of noticed that. Um, And then the second half, 
he made up for it on two occasions. He had really, well, there was two times he, he kept us in the game. Um, there was that one when is it Wild Wild Shot came on, um, and he he played a lovely ball again to a dunker. Um, Donnelly slid in from almost behind and, and won the ball back, and he he was on one one on one at the time with the keeper if if Donnelly had to got involved there. Um, and then there was another where he had, yeah, he he had a great he got involved and he it was a great tackle from him. Again, I thought the other thing that I kind of noticed as well from today's game is he's been taking a lot, a lot of the throw-ins, and obviously we've missed Jones a bit there. I say we've missed Jones; nothing's ever really come from from those throw-ins. But although he doesn't look as as kind of natural with them as Jones does, I feel as though they've got a little bit more direction than some of Jones's throw-ins that might loop a little bit more. Is it lower, a little bit more directed? So, so yeah, I do wonder where we can go with, you know, with with making more of them because I won't be, without knowing exactly. I don't know if we if anything's ever come from any of our throw-ins this season, even though we've had Jones and now the second one pretty decent. Um, so yeah, overall, I think Donnelly definitely came into the game more in the second half. I can understand why he was chosen as man of the match. He wasn't mine. Um, but definitely an improvement on pr- probably his best game from what I've seen anyway as a Vale player. Yeah, I think a lot of that's fair. Johnny? Yeah, I, think, I don't think it's unreasonable saying it's probably the best game he's had in a Vale shirt. I think his debut at Cheltenham probably pips it because I think he was pretty much solid that day for 90 minutes and if it wasn't for Rory Holden not being able to score a header he would have we would have had an assist off that throw in that Kirst was on about at Cheltenham but today I think he just the frustrating bit with Donnelly is that aimless clip down the line um, and I know Bez you've mentioned that since I've brought it up you now can't stop it so I'm sorry about that no, but, I was going to mention it if you hadn't about his distribution case already has. Yeah, the the first the first off he was doing that a lot, just clipping it down the line and it's like it's what got me in the first off, it wasn't just a clip down the line, it was let's kick the shit out of this as far as I can down the line. I was just about to say, yeah, a couple of times it was like that we'd signed Usain Bolt and we were expecting someone to go sprinting after it. And I was about to say, no disrespect, but when you've got James Wilson running after it. You, you, we need to be playing to his feet, not going, come on, Will, or use that pace that you've not got. So, yeah, I just... Second half, he was he was miles better than he was first half. Yeah. The cross, we identified that their left-back was pretty shit. So we played on that cross-field ball, and he put, put, put a couple of decent ones over. Majority of the time, we want to throw in from it because their left-back is a centre-back. But... You know, it's we're happy, happy with it. Solid six out of ten. He's not, he's not my man of the match. Um, he he wouldn't be in the the conversation for it. But you know, it, it's a solid defensive performance from the four of them, and it's something that we can't really say that we've we've had. Granted, we're Oxford. Any good going forward? No, not really. So it's not like we've been peppered and they've it's been back to the walls job, but. 
you can easily switch off in games like that, and they didn't. So you've got to give them give them all credit for that. So happy happy with the defense today. Yeah, with you. And as you both mentioned, the distribution first off, I thought it was atrocious. But then second off, when he decided to go for that crossfield ball, he showed he can do it. Do that more often if you can. Ron's yeah. kicking it out for a goal kick because that's all he did. Smash it as far as he could and he'd go out for a goal kick first off. That crossfield was beautiful. Let's get more of that. Kirst, now Johnny, you're next. Right wing back slash right of midfield. I think first off, it was more of a... Five two three second half was more of a three four three, so I'll go with how I think we started. Or it, maybe it's just because they were that deep. But right wing back slash right midfield was was it? Yeah, Dave Warrell in it. Mate, the, the only downside to it was I thought a few of your crosses today were a bit poor. But is that because we we're used to seeing like like brilliance from Warrell? pretty much every time I think it is um, solid game up and down as normal was quite disciplined for the first 20-25 minutes I felt he was more of a right back to start with um, but once once we'd let the shackles off a little bit and played played a bit more he, he, he was linking up well I don't I don't think the three works with Worrell there I think people were in his space that he likes to playing and stuff like that so we didn't see the best of him but when Planty came on especially because Planty left footed it feels I'm not sure if that's spot on but it felt like he was he, he kept coming inside more and it gave was the space outside that I, I think that's where he does his best job so solid 6 out of 10 for was again we weren't spectacular today but he was he, he was good and it shows what he brings to the team yep Kirst Totally agree with the four, uh, three, four, three formation. When we've got three up front, I don't think it works as well at all for Waz. Um, I thought some of his crossing was the quality was good really today. Even you know some of the set the set pieces. There was that one right at the end where Politic um, nearly did slash should have scored um, from from a corner and I thought that was pretty inch perfect really from was um but yeah I, I do wonder what'll happen with him over the close season who we you know with just a couple couple of years left and he's uh, of what he of what he's got with his his career I love was I think he's he's great and I think today was just a solid a solid was performance yeah, with you both. Solid was performance, six out of ten. Helped us out defensively, got forward when he could. Personally, I give him the two-year contract if that's what he wants, with probably the second year more of a coaching tutor role, if you like, for someone. But at this moment in time, we can't afford to let players as good as Dave Warrell go when we've got some of the shite we've got at the club. So, for me, if he wants a two-year, and that's how you keep him... Give him a two-year, the second year, maybe he's play a coach, something like that, and let's help him towards the coaching badges. Let's get him his 10-year service at the club. Because there's a lot of what we've got that I'd be letting go. Um, then you first, Kirst, my man of the match, as I said, and I think it's because of all the stuff that he's had come through to put in a performance like that today where it was committed, determined, got forward, a couple of decent efforts from him. Did well for me, Mal Benning. 
Yeah, he was brilliant. I loved his interview at the end. Um, he's so, such a genuine, um, great guy. Like you said at the start, he never questioned the effort and commitment he puts in. But he does have really up and down games. And we can all name him, can't we, from last season, where he's really, really stood out and shone. And then you get other games where he, he is really poor. And today, you know, when he's been out of form, I felt like we were seeing a bit of the Mal Benning that we have seen previously. Um, he linked up really well with Wilson. I thought they they linked up well on that side. Um, I thought some of his... Some of what he was putting into the box was a little bit what he might have been criticised for in previous games where it was just kind of hope and pray. But then I thought there was others that were much more accurate than they have been in previous games. Um, There was one in the first half, great accuracy to Harrison's head. Um, But I think that was one of them where the ref might have stopped it and we, we conceded a free kick, which, uh, if I remember rightly, it was one I didn't agree with. Um, But then, yeah, I think as the game went on, he just got stronger and stronger. It was like his confidence built as the game went on. And then in the second half, like the whole team, I think it was, you know, the first half was was better than what we've seen, but it was still pretty flat at times. The second half, I thought, was a much better game of football and Vale overall were, were loads better. And Benning kind of sits within that. Um, he played that lovely ball about halfway through the second half, that low ball right to Conlon, who hit it out. Did it just hit the crossbar or he just hit it over the crossbar? Conlon sort of stuck his foot out. Um, but he played a lovely little ball, like took a little look up and it was low and it was accurate and there was some pace behind it as well. And I felt like he was just thinking more about his his next move. And then obviously had that shot that the keeper saved later in the second half. Yeah, good performance. Really good performance from Benny. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah. I think you've you've touched on touched on a lot of the stuff with Benny. Um seven out of ten. My second in man of the match, I think there was just one one more that shaded it and for similar reasons that you mentioned, Bez through all the crap he's gone through um, as well. I think you look at Benny's performance today. I was saying to... I was sat with Granger and Goodwin today, and I was saying that, look, Vale fans are simple fans in terms of we don't we, we don't expect to have the world's best players. What we expect is the 11 that put on the shirt to, to work hard, put, put effort in. And if we lost 1-0 today, but we put everything in... The majority of the fans will turn around and go, we can't ask for much more. And I think Benning epitomised that today. I think he was hard working, he was up and down, he was defensively strong. The one mistake he made was where he tried to turn on it in front of the paddock second half and left the ball behind, but he didn't dwell on it. He didn't he was back in position. And that's all we can ask. If 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 we know a player's putting hundred percent and he's not good enough then you can't be too harsh, can you? And I think I think the issue is that some players we feel are better than they are and, and haven't been putting it in recently. And even today, there's there'll, there'll be one that we'll get on to that I think could learn a lot from Benning's attitude. So, yeah. solid performance. Benning, again, hopefully doesn't get 
dropped now for Lincoln um, because I think today was a similar performance that he put in against Plymouth, uh, Portsmouth. Yeah, I think he's been harsh to be dropped. And I've seen Dicko has mentioned on Twitter as well that it was his man of the match and he, he said the same about the Portsmouth display. Right, it didn't see that. Yeah, it helps having a left footer, a left wing back for me. I just think it feels a bit more natural. Um, yeah, Ben in is one that divides opinion into a lot because end product isn't always there. But his couple of efforts he's had today have were, were good, forced the keeper into a good save, and similar to was Summary's crossing into the box weren't weren't, weren't what what we we expect from him, but. It, it's it's hard not having that run of games. Yeah. For me, Benning influenced the game in both boxes. He got forward, did his job forward when he could, I'd say, force that keeper into his save. And that one where he put his laces through, which it went just wide of the top corner. If that had gone in, that's goal of the season, hands down. He caught that one really well. But then don't forget when Stoney, the one thing Stoney did wrong when he missed it, that kick and it landed to their lad, Mal Benning was the one putting the tackle and stopped the attack. And it was yep. a great tackle he put in there. And I thought Benning, as you say, all the stuff he's gone through, he could have put a Gavin Massey performance in today who didn't look arsed. And he can go for me now. Send him now. Just pay up his contract. He's shite. But Benning, he put in a proper professional performance. Art on the sleeve. Let's go and make sure this club stays in League One. I thought he was great. And if he'd have put in a Gavin Massey performance, I'd have gone... Is it surprising the way he's been treated? He's always been used as the scapegoat, but he didn't. He's got more professional pride than that. And as you say, I know you were referring to Gavin Massey when you said earlier someone can learn from him. We'll get on to him later. I can't wait. Get on to him. Shower of shit. Um, moving on. Midfield two, Johnny. I'm going with you first. And I'm going to pick who I think you're going for man of the match. And I can see why. Tom Conlon. Yeah, Tom Conlon. Captain's performance from from the, from, from the man today. <clears throat> I've been very critical of Tom, and I don't think I've been overly harsh. I know some people have said I have, but I I, I don't feel I have. Today was the third time this season that I've looked at Tom Conlon and thought, "There we go, Tom. That's what we're wanting from you." He he was he, he had one one two touches max on the ball. He was keeping it moving well. There was a time in the second half where a corner had flicked out to him on the edge of the area, and he just poked it. He poked it back out to Willow on the right and kept the, kept it going. He didn't need a touch, and it was just like he was all over the shop. He was like winning tackles in his own half one minute, and then picking the ball up and picking the right sort of pass. A couple of times it, when he did take his time on the ball, he pulled out that forty fifty yard crossfield pass. Mm. So. That, that's the times when when I don't mind him taking an extra touch, get the pass right there. When you're in the attacking areas, I want him to be quicker and sharper, and that's where he was today. I thought he was he was, he was brilliant today, and it's do you know what? It's the performance that I want him put in. I want him make me the words that I've said earlier uh, this season of him not being good enough for League One because that's a midfielder that's good enough for the bottom end of League One. So uh, seven, seven out of ten. It's like it's not him, him and Benny are very close, but Conlon just shades it for me because I just think he was influential in everything. And if that that overhead kick went in, he'd be on an eleven because that yeah. was close. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
it was. Yeah, I'm with everything you've said there from Tom Conlon. And I think what made his performance even better is that Pet didn't have one of his better games. So Conlon with two in midfield against three Oxford players really at carry that midfield. Yeah, and that's it. I was that, that's one of the things I was going to pick up with with Pet. But yeah. Conlon, Conlon did did step up today, and it was it was yeah. really positive captain's performance and. Yeah, and he's under contract next season. There, the performances you want from him, as you say, week in, week out. Case Tom Conlon. Yeah, Conlon was a contender for me. One of the three that I mentioned right at the start for man of the match. Um, thought his second half was better than his first, like most of the Vale players. Um, but I actually thought he had a decent game all over. Um, he started. He started pretty well. He played that lovely little through ball to Massey um, in the opening 15, 20 minutes. I thought Massey could have and should have made more of it. Um, and then on to the, the second half, I thought he had some good link-up play with Was at times. He set Pet up. I mean, we'll get on to Pet in a bit, but I think Pet's opening 10 minutes of the second half was his strongest and I think Conlon was a big part in in that for Pet and then from there I just don't know he didn't score he had and I'm not saying he let himself down just he created so much for himself he had I think he will have walked off today almost frustrated that one of the he didn't manage to put one of those away there was that overhead kick that's just been mentioned right at the end. But 10 minutes before that, he had two other chances. Um, he had that one that I mentioned what Benning put in for him. And he just stuck, he, he literally just stuck his foot out for that. I think it was his right foot as well. Um, and he just hit the, hit the bar and went over. Yeah, he, he was just trying to get something from that. And he was unlucky with it. But then he had that great shot straight after where he forced the keeper um, to make a decent save. Where, and then I think that was when he was hit in the face straight after. But I'll be honest, I didn't see that. But I did think, I believed it, even though I didn't see it. I don't think Conlon, you know, we, we speak a lot, don't we, about how we sort of wish Conlon put more pressure on the ref and played other teams at the same game that they play. And I think if Conlon's going down holding his face... You believe it, don't you? But more than anything, the shot before that, when he forced the keeper, I thought something's coming for him. And I think he'll feel unlucky that that he didn't get a goal today. Yeah, great performance. Yeah, with you. And as you say, that one, he has made the most of it when he got touched in the face. But there was, there's contact. Oh, Joe, I've seen that back now. And there's contact, but it's not an headbutt. It was similar to that. But modern football, it's a red card. And how the refs missed that, but can see politics which was a red card i'll be fair but i can see that but not the other uh, just because he could only see things in favor of the yellow shirts unfortunately um case moving on next to him tom pet he wasn't pet's strongest game today i thought the first half he was quite anonymous really i just felt like i'd not really seen much of him there was one point near the end of the first half i don't if you remember where it was just almost like ping pong from one from one half to the other, it was like neither side could just put the foot on the ball. And there was a there was a point just before the end of the first half where he did he put his foot on it. 
and then laid it out well to was and then we built up something a bit from there and I felt like that was the one time in the first half I really kind of noticed him but I did think whatever happened at half time Pet came out and he really started brightly for us um, he had that shot on the edge of uh, the 12-yard box um, and he, he shot just wide, I think. I don't think it was on target, but that was literally from, from kick-off. And then sort of five, ten minutes later, he had another shot which came from, from Conlon. Um, I think he forced a, a save there. Um so I felt, yeah, I felt as though that kind of opening 15 minutes of the second half, he was much more lively. And then it, it sort of quietened off again as the game sort of went on. Not his best game. Uh, luckily, there was people around him, I think, that 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 were playing well. But, you, you know, you're not sort of seven out of ten, are you, every game? Anyway, and I think Pet, you know, Pet's been pretty consistent when he's been on this season. I think he's a good, solid player um, and today wasn't his strongest game but I don't feel like there was anything critical that you know you could pull him up on and say could have been better yeah with you and I am going to have correct you as a referee 18 yard box not 12 yard box but you're probably just talking oh, and didn't realize what came out of your mouth <laughs> Johnny Pet. yeah um, five for Pet. I thought he was below par today he, he, he was up against one of the better midfielders in the league. And I know that Oxford are having a bit of a shitter at the minute, but that doesn't stop Cameron Brannigan from being one of the best midfielders in this league. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, I'm pretty sure certain last season he, he scored about 10 or 12 goals yeah. in a team that was close to getting um, playoffs. So it shows that there's, there's a player in there. He's he, He's been there a while. Um, but yeah, he's he's a very good midfielder, so it's a bit difficult there with him. The also the other lad that was in midfield was it that um, that Marcus McGuane was it? I think yes. he, he he was he was a big lad and and kind of like won a lot of the headers in there. So Pet was was always challenging. He was always jumping. He was always trying. It just wasn't coming off for him today. And like Kirst said. You know, he sets sets such high standards for himself. Um, when he has an off day, it's noticeable. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a massive off day either. It was just one of them games where things didn't go quite quite to plan for him. So it's nothing nothing too drastic, and minimum effort was there at least, and ever so. Yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth because I was just about to say the one thing you can't criticise is he still showed for it, he still wanted it, he still put the effort in. He just gave the ball away a bit more than I was comfortable with today, but it's not like Tom Pett, but wasn't disastrous. We still got the point. Yeah, exactly. And that, tack that tackle he put in, which he got booked for, oh, was, was, was an absolute worldie. It was a great tackle, yeah. absolutely great yeah. tackle. And he was upset about it, wasn't he? Because he, he, he said, you could see him saying to the ref, I won the ball. Yeah, I'm not surprised he's upset. It's probably the best tackle he's put in his career and he gives a bloody free kick for it. Mm. And, you know, Cameron Brannigan stepping up, who has got the ability to put that in the top corner. Luckily, yeah. he didn't. Yeah, the frustrating thing about that free kick was the Oxford lad had, had the ball really under control. So 
when Pet put the tackle in, the ball's gone 10 yards away. So it's not even like one of them where their, their lads knocked it forward and gone down. And that's what really frustrated me with that was. It was it was clear that it was, he'd won the ball. Yeah, I thought the same, Johnny. I could understand why he was frustrated. Um, I couldn't believe it when he got booked. And then, as you say, it was it was in such a good spot. You kind of thought, oh, our season's gone or the last few games. Please don't score from this. And luckily they didn't because I think that could have, well, it would have changed the game. But, yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy how that went. Yeah, yeah, it was. Moving on, Johnny, you get first digs. Right wing, Gavin Massey. Did you say digs then, not dibs? Digs, yeah. Yeah, I thought you did. Um, the less said that's be- that the better, probably. Well, I've got a lot to say here, so go for it. <laughs> for, for, for me, you know, I think... What's frustrating was he was kind of playing in a not quite on the wing, but in behind Harrison him and Wilson where that's how it felt. It felt like it was more a, a two and a one than a, a three. And I just felt that he used our excuse to go hiding. Like he didn't go looking for the ball, he didn't offer a lot. When he did get the ball, he didn't really seem to do much with it. And then the most fight he showed was when he gave that foul away. And it was just like, I just, there was, there was one time in the first half, and this is what broke me. Harrison was bullying for the ball down the left-hand side. Massey's walking towards the area. Yeah, and it's I, like, I just, got that one in my head. Yeah, just bust the gut to get in there. Just just run, you know, like, I'm not asking you to sprint full pelt into it. Run into the area. If the ball doesn't get put in, it doesn't get put in. But no one can label that you're not trying and you're not like. And it was just everything's just a bit lethargic and one paced with him. And the best Massey we've seen this season, Forest Green away, where he was on the wing, early on when we first signed him when he wasn't fully fit, where he was coming off the bench and influencing games and getting the ball down and running with it. Is he is he that? of confidence possibly is it attitude possibly I just I can't nail down because you don't play that many games for Wigan and granted he didn't start 30 games for Wigan last season but he played a part in 30 games for Wigan a team that got promoted and there not be a, a decent player in there you, shit players don't get promoted out of leagues regardless of what anyone says they don't and I just, I don't know if Gavin Massey would ever be a Vale player just because maybe it's demeanour, maybe maybe you look at the stats and maybe he's ran 10k and you don't realise it, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I can't imagine he has, but, you know, maybe he's one of them players you look at that you think, but not comparing him here, but he's the first player that comes to mind in that sort of thing is, remember when Berbatov used to play? You'd look at him and think, he can't give two fucks here, especially when you see him out, out the night before having a fag and a whiskey. But Massey strikes me as that sort of, his, his attitude comes off as, I don't give a shit. And coupled with the fact that he, he laughed and then, do, do the booze help before the game? No, they don't. But you've, you had 
90 minutes then to turn that around. You saw the reception that all the players got today. And it, that that's that's what the difference that putting the effort in makes. So three for Massey, I just think it's just it's just so so poor. And their like their left back, as I said, was was terrible. And in the first half, I don't think we got we we got the ball down and and tried to take it past him. Other than once when Wilson did it. So yeah, it's. Yeah, it's just that with Massey. It's demeanour, attitude, effort. The basics for a working-class city. Yeah. Kirst? I don't think that laugh helped on Friday. I don't think it helped his cause at all. But I'm not sure. I, I do wonder if this all guns blazing approach from it isn't just you know it isn't just going to be you in about two minutes Bez and what Johnny's just said it is the majority of Vale fans so maybe it's me that's you know not quite there I think the word that Johnny just used I totally agree with is lethargic I'm not sure how much I fully agree with he's not bothered he doesn't care um I wonder whether Darren Clark could be playing him if that was fully the case. I'd like to think he wouldn't be. Um, but he's definitely lethargic. I mentioned that that chance he had in the first half, um, that lovely little through ball from, from Conlon. And it was just his response to that was just a bit weak. Um, Harrison was open. I think he took the shot. It was a bit of a half-hearted shot. And yet you've got Harrison to his left that was open and, you know, would have had a much greater chance with that. And that one where you say the 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 foul he conceded, he sort of went like piling into that. He just felt a bit a bit clumsy, I suppose, somehow. Um, but then I did also think that Clark should have bought him off sooner than he did. I think at the point where he was booked, it was just before half time. I didn't expect him to come out the second half. And when he did, I kind of thought five, ten minutes in, he'd be coming off. And, yeah, he was still going. I don't When was he substituted? Was it about 60 minutes, something like that? And I sort of thought it should have been sooner, you know, sooner than that. Of the 11 players, I can understand and do agree with him being scored the lowest for, for Vale players. I don't think he was probably quite as bad as what you two think he, he was. Yeah, 69 he was subbed. Yeah, it should have been sooner than that. Yeah, right, my Gavin Massey. The tackle he made, I'm actually going to stick up for him there because he stopped a counter-attack and, yeah, and I want my player stopping that. So I'll give him that one. And it was a yellow card, but I'll give him that. And he come out for the second half, and the first five minutes of the second half, he looked like a player that had been promoted with Wigan. For the other 85 minutes, he could not give two shit. He couldn't care less. He come out, he got a sulk on, he was playing with sloping shoulders. You picked up on the one that I was going to pick up on. You probably couldn't see it at home on the tally curse because you'd be following the ball. But Addison's out on the left. He's looking up in the box. There's nobody in the box and Gavin Massey's walking towards the box. 
fucking atrocious. Absolutely fucking atrocious. And that, who would you say is a quicker player, Gavin Massey or James Wilson? You'd, you'd, I'd say Massey if, you, if you're asking them to have a sprint. Who would you say is a quicker player, Gavin Massey without the ball or James Wilson when he's also got to take the ball with him? Yeah, what do they, I know. There's one point, Willow's on the ball out in front of the paddock. He's running. Gavin Massey's getting further and further behind him because he can't be asked to put a sprint in to get up with him and help his mate out. If he'd have ran, they'd got a good opportunity to create something. As it happened, Willow ended up winning a corner on his own. But that's because Gavin Massey couldn't be asked to give him an hand. And he looked like a player that doesn't want me. And I'll tell you now, I don't want him here. He can fuck off for me now, Gavin Massey can. Because Tom would have put more effort in on that pitch today and the bugger couldn't get out of bed. All I want is someone that wants to try for the club and he doesn't want to try, so fuck him off now, pay his contract up and let him go because I don't want to see that tosser in a veil shirt again. <laughs> Mo- moving on. <laughs> moving on. On the left curse was James Wilson. Willow. So, yeah, I've already seen Johnny's sort of response to this in, the, in our WhatsApp thread, so I think we're probably on different pages with this. Willow is the best the best player we've got. And I thought the first half today, well, I thought all of him when he was on the pitch showed that. I think he's head and shoulders above everyone. Um, his first touch is brilliant. I think he keeps hold of the ball. You have players chipping away at him and he turns. He manages to keep hold of the ball and he can still look up and make a great pass. Um, I don't know if this is the one you were on about where Massey wasn't helping him out, but just before half-time, he ran the length of the pitch on a counter-attack on his own. It led to a corner, but you sort of felt... Was that the one? Yeah. Yeah, you, You just felt like if someone was with him there, what we could have made of that... And he just keeps going and going. Um, and he manages, he, he, the ball somehow just sticks to his foot. And you, and you think it is the fact that he's injury prone in the nicest possible way that he's still at the veil. Um, there was one ball he played out at the start of the second half. And he played it from one, one one side of the pitch right to the other to was and it was inch perfect it reminded me a bit of a dan jones pass of the first half of this season um brilliant i think it was a bit of a shame he was he was playing deeper and especially in the second half than where i'd like seeing but i don't think that was anything to do with him i think that was how it was set up i know he's been Johnny's just sort of said it felt like more like it was 2-1 rather than three up front. Um, and I do think I prefer him, I prefer him in the box when he's when he can hold a ball up like that and he, he can do what he can do with a ball at his feet. I prefer him more in the box. But yeah, I thought Wilson was the other contender for man of the match. If he'd been on for the full 90 minutes, which obviously isn't going to happen with his fitness. He'd have been, without a doubt, man of the match for me. But I sort of feel like, on reflection, I'd probably give it to Conlon, given that he was on the pitch for 90 minutes. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, do you know what? He's, he's obviously a talent, isn't he? My, my thing with James Wilson was today was... 
there was two or three times where he got the ball and did what he's good at. The rest of the time, I felt like we were asking him to do a job that isn't isn't James Wilson, James Wilson's thing. He's he's not he's not blessed with pace. What he is blessed with is a magnificent first first touch and that jink inside that he can do. Like he'll drop his shoulder and go inside, and he's got two yards two yards where he get get it away and get a shot. He couldn't really do that over on the left hand side. So, yeah, I just think like it was an all right performance. I want him further up, like Kirst just said. I want him next to, next to or even Harrison just behind Wilson to flick on, so so that we're getting that sort of thing. And I want him in in the box because he's the one that will win as a penalty if anyone's going to win it. Um, what I did like was the one where he ran the length of the pitch. He played the ball into Conlon and Conlon threaded it through, and we were close then. So it's good to see him on the pitch. I hope he stays fit, but yeah, it's just I just I'm I'm torn with Willow. I really I really am. I I, I get it. I get the hype, but I I don't know if I fancy a thing. I saw Ben Grocott put on Twitter today. I don't care if we we paid him ten grand a week and he paid played one game all season. We've got to keep hold of him. He's class, and I just can't be in that. I can't be in that sort of banner with him. He's he's, he's got to play thirty games a season to to demand the top top edge yeah. ones wages. Yeah, and I agree with that, Johnny. I saw that tweet too, and I think he was probably over egging it a bit. But I did understand what he meant on on today's game. What I'd want is if if we keep Willow next season. I think, and I hate saying this because it almost feels unfair on on players and it just gives clubs more and more control. But I think there needs to be something like a basic wage with something additional on, on when he's playing or when he's fit to play. Um, and, and basically when he's fit to play, I can't imagine him not playing. Yeah. Um, on today's performance, I'm more with Kirsten Johnny. I thought Willow was fantastic today. I thought, yes, I want to see him further up the pitch where he's going to influence something in the box. But I thought everything he did, he was a touch of class. There was times where they got three men round him and he skipped past him. And he linked up well with Benning. Never looked like scoring, but that's because where he was playing. And if you can guarantee me 30 James Wilson starts a season, yeah, give him the money. But I'm with you both. I'm with you both. You can't pay him top buck for the amount we're getting out of him. And I want Willow stay. I 100% want Willow stay. What I don't want is we spunk the whole playing budget on James Wilson, who then plays his 15 games next season. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's one of them, isn't it? It's difficult. Willow could go, he could end up somewhere next season and play 35 games, score 20 goals, and everyone go, look, this is what happens when you don't keep hold of someone of such talent. Mm. He could also go and break down within a week and play 10 games. It's, it's unfortunate with a player like him. You... Heart says, keep him. Head says, he'd have to be on a restructured deal. And I don't know if he'd want that. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if we'd be able to put that on the table because I understand that pay-as-you-play pay deals aren't necessarily pay-as-you-play. They are pay-as-you're-fit. So if, if, you were dropped, if you were dropped, for example, but you were fit, you'd still get paid. You top whack. Um, so 
I'm fine with that for him. Yeah, me too. And I think that was the point I was making before. And I also think that's fair to the player. Yeah, I, I do. Think, yeah, I think there's something about... I don't think you can take the piss too much with with you know, with that, I think if if that was me in that position, <laughs> I'd be saying, well, I'm, you know, I understand the deal because he is often out injured, but I think it'd be fair to him that if he's fit, he gets whatever they've agreed. Yeah, because what you don't want is you get to April next season and we're comfortable mid-table and then they don't play, play him because they think, well, we'll save a couple of grand a week because he's not on the side. If he's yeah. fit, you pay yeah. him. So I get it. And I'd love us to keep James Wilson. What I don't want us to do is break the bank for him and get 10 games. We could break the bank for him. He plays 40 games next season, scores us 25 goals and sneaks us in the playoffs. It's a gamble. We haven't got hindsight vision yet. We'll have to wait till the end of next season. But yeah, fit James Wilson is the best player at this club and you want to keep him in. Had he played 90 minutes today, he's up there for one of the match for me. But yeah. I get why he didn't play 90 minutes. Yeah, I get why I didn't. And like I say, on, on the subject of next season with Wilson, it's it's always gonna it's always gonna be a difficult one for me. I think I was I had my reservations when I signed when he signed. This isn't new. Do you know what I mean? I, I had humble pie last season because he played a lot more games than we thought, scored a lot more goals, and looked a lot better than I ever thought he would look. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a difficult one for next season, but I don't think we've got James Wilson money in terms of in the condition he is. Mm. So yeah, that's 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 just, that's just my thoughts, especially based on January. Who know who knows what the budget actually is, but I just don't think we've got James Wilson money to to house a player who doesn't play as much as you'd want him to. And I feel really harsh saying that because no one wants to be injured. He's not, he's not feigning injury. He doesn't, he doesn't ever look like he doesn't want to play. So it's just, it's just unfortunate. And let's be honest, if he didn't have these injury problems, he wouldn't be available. Mm, so it's, we, we kind of got to take the rough with the smooth in, in, in some degree. But yeah, based on today, Willow, good performance. Did, did did everything you'd want from him well. For me, it was six. I think end product was lacking a little bit at times, but I do feel a bit like Worrell. He was starting 10 yards further back than you want him starting because, yes, he made that crossfield run and he, he's got that about him, but he's got two or three per game. Not He's not going to do that every single time, is he? So. Decent performance, some good minutes under his belt, and positive that he didn't look knackered after five minutes like he normally does. That's his running style, but I don't, I, I, I didn't feel at any point that we needed to take him off. So I get why we did, but it was, it was good to see he looked match fit. Yeah, definitely. And moving on, Johnny. Last but not least, Alice Harrison. Um, yeah, Alice is Alice, and he's he's a battering ram. He wins your headers. He, he he chases his own flick-ons half the time. He's as crucial in 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 our box as as he is theirs. Um, I won't just roll back to Tom Conlon a minute on this point as well. I thought Conlon won the majority of the headers at the front posts um, from corners and stuff like that today. Alice was winning all the ones at the back post when they were going to deep. So it was kind of like a a two a two man competition for who's gonna who's gonna win the most defensive headers between the pair, and then up the other end, 
Alice Harrison's put in a million percent efforts. It was night and day between his performance at Oxford, which I thought Alice Harrison away at Oxford was a disgrace. This time round, he was composed. He was strong. He was talking the ball. Sometimes he, he he tried he tried the fancy thing and it didn't come off. But it was it, the only thing missing today was really a, an effort, a shot. But that wasn't because he wasn't trying. It was because the the one header he went win. He got a free kick given against him for some unknown reason. And then the rest, our service into the box wasn't brilliant today for a striker. So, yeah, solid six out of ten. Alice Harrison's Alice Harrison. Isn't it? We we need him fit. We need, we need play and build around him and another for me. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do well for the last, last couple of games if, if the 11 play like they did today. Yeah, Kirst. Everything Johnny just said. Um, I know he, he said he, he just lacked a, a shot. I think the only thing to add to what Johnny's just said, I thought 70, 80 minutes, I'm sure he did have a... I'm sure he had like a low like driving shot, um, which the, the keeper saved, but I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, everything Johnny said. Yeah, I'm with you both. I thought he worked tirelessly today. A lot of the time he was the one starting the press because, obviously, we've got no attacking midfielder. We've got no Ben Garrity, so he was starting the press. And then mm-hmm. if the ball went out to Willow's side, Willow would then press. If the ball went out to Massey's side, he'd just look like I can't be asked. But at least Addison gave all he got. And a good six out of ten, as you say. And that's the Alice Addison we want that's going... Luke, it's a good job when the crosses went in the box, he didn't win the headers, because if he had it, it would have been a free kick the other way. Yeah, that, that, that's what I won in the first half was an absolute disgrace. I don't even know I don't even know how winning an header is a foul now. That was yeah. like, I thought that was a, cent, a good old-fashioned centre-half going in to win a ball against a striker. Neither of them fouled the other. It was just a, a, a good attempt to win the ball. Yeah, that, It was just so, so mental. And one thing I do want to bring up about Oxford as well, I've I've seen on One Veil fan a couple of people when we spoke the other week about the dark arts and stuff like that. Like Ox, Oxford's theatrics today, that's not football, and that's that's not what I want to see. What what I don't mind is, do you know when eighty fifth minute when your keeper claims the ball and then lies down on it for a second and stuff like that. They're the sort of things I don't mind seeing. I don't want to see players going down holding the red so the referee stops it. I want to see 18 minutes added time because players want to lie down every 30 seconds. And that's what it felt like in the first half with them. They were stop-start. They were so so ugly to watch. And it the referee brought everything. And it was just... It was a shame, really, because... Oxford have always been a good football inside. When we went down there and played them away, they were a good football inside. So I don't really feel like they need to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I know I know you hate it, Bez, but I it's just like like I say, there was just there's just no need for that that level of anti football, regardless of how badly you need points. I don't think they're the worst that have been down ours this season, do we need? And Accrington were the worst, but yeah. I think it's more noticeable to me with Oxford because Oxford are a 
historically have always been a football inside and have been a good football inside. Whereas Accrington have have always been that sort of side for me of a I can always imagine Accrington. I know they don't, but I could always see if if Accrington lined up four four two, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Proper Brexit football from them. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And that's pretty much it on today. So shout out as well. I think 18 years. I've just been looking for his age and can't find it. James Plant making his league debut today. Yeah, it's, look, it's always nice to see one of your own get on the pitch, isn't it? There was the, the nice, nice bit of play where he picked it up on the edge and slipped in Warrell. But he, I do think that he needs a another men's loan a couple of steps up the ladder now. Because he did seem like a, a, a young boy at times today. And do you know what? It's his first first start in men's professional football. So if, if he came on and ran the show, I'd be like, where's where, where's this lad been and why haven't we been playing him? But you, you've got to give him that sort of, that time to bed in. And you've got to get, get him used to the physicality, the quickness, the dark arts almost as well in terms of that, 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 Left back, um, Kean Brown, I think his name is. He's like thirty odd, so oh, I, he's twenty five. Wow, I thought he was older than that. He looks older than that. Um, but yeah, he, he's played quite a few get few games across his professional career. So as a young lad, the first thing you what you do is go right. I'll, I'll give him a kick. See how see how he fancies it. So there's a player in there. You could see that with the things he was trying. He just needs to learn a couple of bits and bobs, like second half where he tried to bring it down halfway in our half when we had 10 men behind the ball. Just just lash your laces through there and, and let's reset properly. Um, but I do think he dealt well with when Polity got sent off and he, he kind of dropped into a centre midfield role. So, plenty, you know, we all know there's a player in there from the playing side. With the, We know that the, the management staff rate him. We know that Salisbury have been raving about him because every week he's been getting either a goal, an assist, or man of the match. Um, and that's that. You know that is proper men's football. That's that's lads that go work seven days, five, five, six, seven days a week, isn't it? So that yeah. they're not going to take nicely to a to a kid coming down and taking the piss. So they're going to be kicking him and and whatnot. So it's now the tactical element that he needs to get used to. Um, but. I'd be more than happy to see him 15, 20 minutes a game now between now and the end of the season to get him that under his belt with us. And then alone, maybe Talford, Hereford sort of level next season, um, National League North-ish, to, to get him some more football and then see where he's at six months later and can he go National League then for for six months. Yeah, yeah, no, with you on that. Cursed politic also come on, got his red card, and it's a shame because I thought he looked bright. Yeah, he definitely looks better coming off the bench than than starting. He's not set the world alight this season. I know there was a lot of fuss around when we we sort of signed him, um, and then there's been differing opinions since. But I like him coming off the bench. I think when he was with us in the first spell, that was when he was most effective, and today. Yeah, he, he he did make a, a a bit of a difference when he when he came off. He looked lively. He had two shots. Um, I think there was one. I think he did touch it with his hand and turned. Um, I think I'd like to see it back again. But you know, he he did force a 
um a save it was it was a shame what happened I've seen a lot of mixed opinions on it my view was I mean obviously he did elbow the lad it was clear he was coming off the pitch touching his own elbow and then you've got blood all down the shirt of this this other lad so you know you, you can see there was definite contact but I didn't feel like there was any malice or intent at all on that so I don't know that'll work if there's what the red card was for whether it was violent conduct and what had kind of happened from there so I, I did feel bad for him really and and how, how that ended you could see he was he was gutted and frustrated himself yeah I- I don't believe he's gone into hurt the ladder at all. His elbow is up. He's probably broke his nose looking at it. It is a red card. I don't think he's meant to, but he's going to miss three games now and may not get another opportunity in a veil shirt now. Yeah, and what, what, what I would say is that he did really well and he should have had the penalty. Yeah, should have had a penalty. Like, I felt, yeah, I felt sorry for Dennis a little bit. Um, best performance in a while and then goes and goes and does that. There was no malice in it. The ref seemed to have the yellow cord in his hand, but if you... part of me says, can you jump without your arms being up? And then the other part of me says it was a pure elbow to the face. So, yeah, it's a red. I'm not going to argue with that one. The ref has eventually got that one right. Yeah, but... eventually. Yeah, it is a red, but yeah, I felt for Dennis because he looked bright. As I say, should have won a penalty, had a good effort as well and, you know, forced a good save from there, keep it, but it is what it is. We've got a point. Hopefully, it's a point towards safety. We'll wrap up now because we've been going nearly as long as the match went, apart from all the added time for all the shit housing. Um, yeah. But we won't do the shit housing and we'll close off at 90 minutes. So, we'll get us at one. We've gone past 90 minutes, to be fair. So, yeah, I've got the shit housing. <laughs> Let's um, go a little bit then. Let's roll with it. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Cursed. We probably won't speak to you on the pod now. Before, well, we won't because Litland's due in a week. So, good luck. <laughs> Hope everything goes well. Thanks very much. And thanks for having me. It'll probably be a while before I'm, I'm back on. Um, so, I'll enjoy um, listening to the pods. It might, you never know, it might even be three in the morning whilst I'm like changing nappies and feeding and things. So, yeah, it'll probably keep me entertained at a different time of day. Well, Kirst, if you're up at three in the morning, you need some company. You know my sleep schedule. I won't be up, so give Johnny a message. (laughs) But, yeah, great having you on. Johnny, we'll be back on Thursday. Have a look forward to the Lincoln game on the weekend, which I shan't be there for because I'm going to Manchester for the weekend on the piss. Yeah, so so your your diet's going well then, yeah? Because you went out on the piss yesterday as well, didn't you? I did go out on the piss yesterday. Not diet, your your healthy eating. Healthier choices. Yes, healthier choices. Yes. I had one pint less yesterday. That was my healthier choice. I was going to say, did, were you drinking Bud Light? So it was a lighter beer. Or, no. or is Low C still a thing? I think it's, I think it's called Resolution now. It's called is it? Resolution. But yeah, no, I was in Johnny's on the A-Up Duck, and it was beautiful. And also a Cross Bay one that got on, which was beautiful. And also Bass, which was on, which was beautiful. So Look yeah. you. Yeah. So I had a few. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll wrap up now. We'll be back with the ale of the week on Thursday. We'll pick one. I'm going bed because we're back in work tomorrow. Johnny will get this uploaded for you. Kirst will go and get birth. Have a good week, everyone. Hopefully not as soon as the pod finishes. I don't think she <laughs> well, she can. It's 39 weeks now. You know, there's nothing stopping it. 
I was hoping have a sleep first. I don't have want a sleep that then. I don't want that to happen with no sleep. Right, Kish, you go have a sleep and then you can give birth. Okay. Okay, and we'll be back on Thursday, hopefully with someone from the club. We'll have a chat about Lincoln, things going on. And yeah, we'll be back then. So until then, have a good week, everyone. Have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So order McDelivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.